Hey listeners, welcome to Tetsuo Tells a Story. I'm Tetsuo. The following stories in this episode are centered around the Wendigo. If you don't know, Wendigos are man-eating mythological beasts, and they are people who have been turned into Wendigos through greed and selfishness. So stories of the Wendigo have its origin from the Algonquin First Nation tribes, and uh, so Dr. Basil Johnston, an Ojibwe teacher, scholar, and an amazing writer and storyteller, by the way, describes them in his 2001 book titled The Manitous as, quote, The Wendigo was gaunt to the point of emaciation. Its desiccated skin pulled tightly over its bones, with its bones pushing out against its skin, its complexion, the ash gray of death, and its eyes pushed back deep into their sockets. The Wendigo looks like a gaunt skeleton, recently disturated from the grave. What lips it had were tattered and bloody, unclean and suffering from separation of the flesh. The Wendigo gave up a strange and airy odor of decay and decomposition, of death and corruption. Unquote. Now, stay till the end of these stories to hear my commentary on the Wendigo. If you missed it, please check out my older episode on Skinwalkers in the description and top right corner of the video. Now, let us begin. <laughs> Story 1 I was spending three days kayaking on the Kurong National Park. I was having a good time and really enjoyed the serenity. I was listening to the native birds and just appreciating nature. On the first day, I heard what I could have sworn was a human. Not screaming, but screeching, I guess. I didn't think much of it and kept paddling. I saw what looked like a body close to the shore and found a seal that had been dismembered. Honestly, this thing was spread all over the beach. No footprints of any kind. It was just a seal and a hundred pieces. After the screeching and the seal, I was a little scared, but... I continued my trip. Nothing of such events happened after that night, except that I kept hearing splashes from water in front of me. Yet, when I checked, nothing was there. The next day I went out again with the same plan. I just paddled until I got tired, and I set up camp to go to sleep. Unfortunately for me, I got stuck on mud bog and had to spend a solid hour dragging my kayak across this thing and to get to the other side of the water where I saw a deeper channel and a bunch of sand dunes. After what felt like maybe 40 minutes of struggling with my kayak in this bog, I saw a figure on top of the sand dune. Logically, it was probably a random tourist like me or a kangaroo. I stared at it for a few seconds for getting back to trying to cross this bog. When I looked back, it was gone. Weird. 
Anyways, I set up camp for my last night. I was a bit creeped out by the CL and the noises, and now this figure. So I made sure I had my knife with me. I set up my tent a bit away from the water in an open area so I can see everything around me. As I was eating dinner, I couldn't help but feel like I was being watched. It was a total fire ban in the area, so I didn't have a fire. I chalked it up as nerves and went for a short walk to explore the area and wandered down into the beach. Now for some context, the beach nearby is loud. You can't hear much other than crashing waves, which makes what happened next especially eerie. I hear that screeching again, and I look back to where I came from. Again, a figure was standing right by the path where I walked to the beach. F that, I thought. I pulled out my knife and approached where I thought I saw this thing. However, there was just a weak old fish that looked like it had been hung on the fence and forgotten. As I walk back down the path, I hear what sounded like a kangaroo or wallaby just lightly hopping behind me. But when I look back there, there was nothing. Honestly, I climbed into my tent and prayed God that there was nothing around. It's kind of anticlimactic, but nothing else really happened. I think I heard that screeching once more, and then I didn't hear it again. Apparently, there has been a few indigenous graveyards in the area. I'm not one for superstitions, but if I'm being honest, this experience really spooked me. Story 2 the woodlands of Virginia are known for mountain creatures from such ancient Indian legends and folklore. Some are the Raven Mocker, Dare Lady, and Sparefinger. I'm partially Cherokee, only about 1 16th though. It is known for these creatures to attack Cherokee people. Now, I do want to say that I don't generally believe in this stuff, but I do believe in the Wendigo. I don't believe in their gods or practice any ceremony that they practice either. I can't deny anything that I saw that night. Now, this is where the story begins. McAfee's Knob McAfee's Knob is a cliff that looks over the Roanoke Valley. It has beautiful views and you can see for miles. The area has rich Indian history. I was on a hike up to McAfee's knob. I was with a relatively big group of people. I had no worries and I was drastically underestimating the events that followed. After about an hour of hiking, it started to rain. We were almost up the fire road and right near the Appalachian Trail crossing. Once everyone else got to the crossing, we turned off the fire road and onto the trail. Now, the dark clouds Rain and thunder might have scared me, but I don't think it is. I was already on edge because I was falling back in the group, plus the storm. But I started seeing someone or something walking with us away from the trail. It was almost out of my view. I blew it off as some shadows playing tricks on me. After a few minutes, I couldn't see it anymore. 
and the thought left my mind. But when I walked off the path to go pee, I saw it clear as day. It was tall, gray, skinny, deformed figure. It stood about 20 feet away from me, and I was frozen with fear. I knew what it was, and I was scared. I buckled my belt and walked backwards towards the trail. It walked backwards too. It was like it was mocking me. And I said, who, who's there? And after a few seconds, it echoed that back to me. Who, who's there? I said, screw it, and I ran back to the trail. When I turned back to see if it was there, it was gone. I didn't see it again for the rest of the hike. The sky cleared up once we got to the top, and it was a beautiful view. I've never told anyone what I saw that day. I hope I never see it again. Story 3 I may not be any kind of expert, but I believe there is more to this world than we mere humans can hope to understand. I've always had a very fine-tuned sense for what I believe to be those unexplainable things. Moments where I feel something. Something I can't quite explain with any rationality. Later in life, I would be told to have what most easily can explain as some type of weak psychic or supernatural energy by a Wiccan witch. Nothing too impressive, but just enough to let me feel those entities, even if I can't see them, like the ghost in my grandparents' guest room, or the malicious entity haunting the stairs in bathroom garage. The same uncanny sixth sense that my mom would observe when my younger brother was born, stronger than her own maternal sense to the point where I understood when my brother needed something before even he knew and could make a sound. Even waking minutes before him in the middle of the night without fail. But I think there might be more to it than that as this incident leads me to believe. My family had recently moved to British Columbia, Canada that winter. I was 10 at the time. While we were by no means in the boonies, we moved into an older trailer near a well-known hiking trail and a small Christmas tree farm. Immediately, something was off, off about the area. Something my parents waved off as new home anxiety or just not being used to the place. I did my best to put it out of my mind, but within two weeks of the move, I began to notice strange happenings. First, the unsettling aura I just couldn't shake. Sleepless nights where I felt like I was being watched by something at my window. Strange shadows there one second and gone the next. Voices, soft, whispering my name, and only when I was alone. Whenever these incidents happened, Soon after, I would feel something brushing against my shins and ankle. Something that lessened the aura, at least for a while. These incidences would be near constant until I struck out on my own eight years later. But 
it all came to a head that fall, months after the move. My parents insisted that we take a family walk on the mountain trail. And though I didn't want to because I am by no means an outdoorsman, something in me screamed not to go, that it was dangerous. But being barely 11 years old, of course my parents completely dismissed my concerns as being lazy. And like that, we were off to the trail's main entrance. As soon as I set foot out of the car, the warning bells in my head were blaring louder and louder. Something in me kept saying we have to leave, that something bad was going to happen. The little voice in my head kept focusing on my diabetic mom, who at that time had a weight problem. My dad with his disability that made him unable to run. That my bad lungs would make it impossible to run myself. And that the three of us were sitting ducks. We were halfway through the walk when suddenly I froze. The apprehension that I have felt about the whole event ramped up to 11. My parents thought I stopped because I was tired and took the opportunity to take pictures of the lovely fall leaves. It was a gorgeous sight, but I knew something was there watching us. And it was not something we wanted to meet. I looked around trying to find whatever was setting me off. All I saw was an occasional fleeting shadow. I could feel the brushing, but the feeling of dread and fear only got stronger. Whatever it was, it was close. If it came at us, we wouldn't have stand a chance. I still didn't know what the hell it was. My parents hadn't noticed anything was wrong. And I felt my voice catch in my throat. Not out of fear, but as if something wasn't letting me speak. I heard the leaves rustle. It was close. It was very close. I glanced where the noise was coming from and saw a shadow for a split second before it vanished behind a tree. And as it vanished, something changed. Hot. It felt like a volcano had erupted in my chest. Not like the slow, gentle ooze that one might have seen in Hawaii but explosive, angry, spewing burning clouds of toxic gas and ash, spraying molten fire and rocks. I was still afraid, but I wasn't frozen. I was angry, eyes locked on the area that I have seen the shadow. I was no stranger to anger. I am an aggressive woman and have always been, but this rage was entirely new. The feeling against my legs stopped, but the fire was burning hotter. And the thing, the dangerous thing, hiding just outside of my field of view, I felt it locked up in fear, all its own. I felt like my body was controlled by something else, still me, but different. I convinced my parents to pick up the pace, practically speed walking the rest of the loop, not daring to let that fire spark in my chest die out until we were back safely at the car. The strange presence lingered, much further off but still watching, still malicious but almost curious now. We left the trail and never went back. A few weeks later, my mom found out that she would be having my brother. As time passed, this whole incident keeps nagging at my mind 
and I found myself doing research from time to time to try to piece whatever was happening together. And while I may never fully understand, I think I finally have part of an answer. I think I was protecting my brother. As I stated earlier, I've always had an unexplainable connection to him, despite being so much older. When this happened, my mom would have been about a month or so into her pregnancy. I think that whatever is in me that allowed me to feel these presents so clearly, that was so immensely focused on not me getting away, but my mom and dad, with myself as the afterthought. As ridiculous as I feel saying it, I believe it was a guardian angel of sorts, or more accurately, my protective, then long dead, childhood cat. The brushing felt identical to the feeling of a cat weaving around your legs, and only stopped entirely when I moved out and got my own kitten, who just as suddenly adopted the same guarding behavior. What that fire is, I may never know, but I know for a fact that it is what kept that thing away. What was that thing? I believe it was a wendigo, or maybe a skinwalker, and I believed it had been hunting me and continued to hunt me since we moved to that town until I moved away. The voices, the feeling of being watched, and the fear of fire, I can't believe it was anything but. While I know the creatures will stalk their prey for a long time, that thing always comes back whenever I visit my family. Regardless of what it is, when it go or otherwise, it's fixated on me. It seems like I'm safe so long as I have this fire, at least from it. But I wonder why after so many years, it still follows me whenever I enter what must be its territory. I remember that feeling of malice. I pray I never have to find out. Thanks everyone for listening in on these Wendigo stories. Something about Wendigos, and I know a lot of people don't talk about, is that sometimes they appear when you're selfish, egotistic, and you're filled with greed. They're also a metaphor for life, and they come with a lesson for you to learn. So if you see a Wendigo, you sort of best learn your lesson. You know, it's either you're destroying the forest, or... You're being greedy, so it becomes a lesson for you to learn. So everybody, remember to like, share, and subscribe to Tetsuo Tells a Story. Do you have a story to tell? Let me know and I can read it to the world. See you in the next episode.